All right, good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So I'm always excited to podcast. Actually, really today, it's been a rough week. It's been very stressful. And I just told the wife before I came in here, I get to bring on a repeat guest co-host tonight. And this gentleman, I ha- we had to do some timestamp checking just now before I hit record, was on this show. Well, I released him on this show back in January 14th, 2019, which probably means we probably recorded... 60 to 90 days before that. Um, and I just go ahead and shout him out right now. Dude, Tom Schwab and the interview valet team, I've shouted him out so many times in the show because in this when this show was founded, I was hustling and finding my own people. And then I just realized I think I've been podcasting like seven years now. I don't even I, I have to double check that because we have well over 400 shows. And then over the years, all of a sudden I stumbled across this guy, his amazing wife, Karen. And then other entities and other, we're now calling them, I don't know if we're calling them podcast agencies. He's going to help us understand that because, holy crap, as a guy who is, has a professional sales and marketing background, not just a former firefighter, has his own marketing company and has some very large sales consulting contracts, as a podcaster, made my life so much easier. So there's a lot more to him. There's actually a professional bio, but I had to go with my own shtick because he and I actually have met in person. We've hung out in person. We've shared a drink in person. Uh, I think we owe our introduction thanks to his wife uh, as part of the history. Uh, but this gentleman knows how to help people break through the noise, literally people. We're talking about how to use podcasting the right way, how to introduce people the right way, connect people the right way, bring companies and agencies and charities and online influencers and speakers. Like I could keep going, but without further ado, Tom, welcome back. Scott, it is great to be here. Uh, it's hard to believe that it was BC the last time uh, that we saw each other before COVID. So, yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're not talking about before Christ. We're talking about before COVID. <laughs> because I am not that old. <laughs> and, uh, and neither are you, sir. Um, there's BC and AD, before COVID and after the disease. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute. Actually, I was so excited because... I remember I reached out to you a couple times over the past couple years, and then I just, again, I got busy. You get busy. And I even forget what I was reaching out for. I just like to reconnect with people. Um, and this happened today. You'll appreciate this. Do you know Hillary Jastrom? Yes. Yeah. So Hillary was my, uh, well, originally my editor, and then she launched her publishing company while I was publishing my book. And Okay. And I was just thinking of her, no joke, yesterday. I was traveling on business, uh, heading to go meet with some CEOs over in New Jersey. And I was like, you know, how's Hillary doing? And I know she's going to bust on me because I still haven't finished the audio book yet. But I've been a hair busy. And sure enough, she reached out last night saying, hey, do you want to come on my radio show? And I was like, Hillary's got a radio show? And apparently, I'm like... Is are you just calling it a radio show? And is it really podcasting? Because a lot of people do consider podcasting modern radio show. And I had to bring that up tonight because I know you know her, and it all aligns with what we're probably going to be rapping about tonight. Is you know modern radio, so to speak, is podcasting, right? Depending mm-hmm. on the style of show you connect with. Well, what are your thoughts on that subject right off the bat? Well, I think the whole idea of what is a podcast has changed so drastically oh, yeah. over the last few years, right? So if you take this and put it up on YouTube with the video, is that still a podcast? Which I was doing that before almost everybody, by the way. I started doing that on episode 50 or 51. Mm-hmm. And now granted, I'm not like Joe Rogan, so I'm not blowing it up. 
But I started saying, guys, as a marketer, I'm like, create digital content, not just audio. Just get it up there. Because worst case scenario, you're also giving a platform for people to then backlink that through their websites. They can say, hey, I also have a video format out there, especially if depending on how the podcast went, is a great ad or whatever that supports the company, right? So Right. And now all of a sudden, it's like now it's expected. Like, oh, you're not, well, you're not posting video. <laughs> yeah, because like pre-COVID, our data showed that one out of five actually even turned the video on. Right. Right. Now it's three out of four. Right. So it's changed. And is it still podcasting? You know, if they. Or vid, simul- vid, vid casting or whatever they're calling or, it now. Yeah. Or you look at it. So many of them now are like simulcast on radio or Sirius XM. Yeah. Is that still podcasting? I don't know. Well, look, as look long at Dave as Ramsey. People hear me. You know, Dave Ramsey. Oh, yeah. Right? He's, I just heard the stat because I listen to him now and it's funny. I listened to him years ago and then I was like, oh, that's right. He just went ahead and just took his content. He's been on AM radio for years and just his hired his team and said, hey, just go ahead and flip that on YouTube, flip that into the podcasting world. And his podcast is killing it now. You know, just like Joe Rogan, he's like in the top, like he's, he's ranking, man. He's got a crazy following. So, you know, what's interesting now is if you asked younger people, What's the pod standing for podcasting? Most of them wouldn't know. I mean, I asked my youngest daughters. They don't know a world with iPods, right? Mm. To them, it's called podcast, but they don't know why. And if they listen to it, you know, on their phone, you know, wherever, um, it's podcasts. And I don't care what they call it or how they consume it, just so long as we can have that conversation. So that came up. I was in, I was traveling in upstate New York a few weeks back on business and- I was connecting with somebody and they had no idea that I had a podcast. And they're like, oh, I'll listen to your podcast. And like, this came up. They're like, so the whole podcast, I get casting, right? Newscasting, radio casting, they get that. And this this guy's a little more old school. And he goes, now I heard a lot of podcasters because of audio quality, they'll go hide in a closet. And I said, technically, that is a very common entry level, very cost effective a uh, home studio, if you will. And he's like, okay, so is that considered the pod? That's, mm-hmm. I'm like, actually, that's not a bad idea to try and define pod. Like you're hiding in a pod for sound quality. I thought that was a fun spin. So it's going to be interesting to see what it uh, goes to. Yeah. Because I remember years ago, I was speaking at Harvard, actually did a conference on podcasting. No. And they did. Okay. It was called Sound Education. And one of the keynotes, uh, the person was referring or doing corollaries between radio and podcasting. And when radio first came out, it was called wireless uh, wireless telegraph, right? Because oh, it doesn't have a fun it, spin on it, but but in a, in a in a decade, it became radio because mm-hmm. everybody knew what telegraph was. And then they knew what wireless telegraph was. So I really wonder if it's going to go from podcasting to something else. Well, I guess my only point on that then is, does it even need to? Like it's so now established. I mean, or do you just call it a show? Right? If somebody says, "I, I nickname hey, this I've, a show." Yeah, yeah, if I've got a show, all right. Yeah, Sh- shows on YouTube. The shows on radio. It's it's everywhere. Yeah, I've done that with people. I said, "Hey." It's, you know, you want to come on the Live the Fuel show and because it's just easier to say that, <laughs> right? Like, oh, I have a podcast show called Live the Fuel where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. Or I just say, dude, you want to come on the show? Yeah. 
And because it's visual, that's why I started calling it a show years ago because it's not just audio. So I like where you're going with that. Yeah, interesting. Do you think we'd be talking about this back in 2019? What's interesting is where are we going to talk about in, you know, four years from now? Where is it going to evolve yeah. to? Yeah, because uh, our last show was called Influencer Growth and Podcasting with, you know, Interview Valet. And, and the thing is, is like today, you know, AI is, you know, did that blog that I write, was that, was that done by AI mm. or was that done by Tom, right? If it's got typos and grammatical errors, I did it, right? <laughs> but right now, if you do a video, if we're talking, you sort of know, hey, this is the real thing. Yeah. This is, you know, this is real content, real ideas. Well, it's funny through growth, right? That's why I'm glad you and I are hanging out tonight because- Actually, I purposely put the Colorado shirt on just in case Karen decided to make a magic appearance because we, you know, over the years, like we're friends on Facebook. She's like, hey, have you gone on a ski trip or something like that? And my wife just flew back from Colorado. So um, I was not on that trip. So she was playing the good aunt and escorting the niece and nephew out to see the grandparents in Colorado. So, And then her brother had to pay for it because he was and his wife were going to a wedding in Mexico. So I was like, so you're being paid to go ski in Colorado just to be a good aunt and escort the little ones. I was like, that's a good deal. Have fun with that. It's, it's a hard life, but somebody's got to <laughs> do like, it. Well, you know, I'll stay home. I'll be the good dog dad. I was like, I just asked for a fresh Colorado shirt. That's all I need. You know, <laughs> I'm a simple man. But on that note, though, I'm like, you know, showing visuality. Like you're talking about this new AI stuff. Like I remember when I started launching the YouTube stuff, I just didn't care. I just slapped it up. I was like, you know what? Back then, I was like, just put it up to its content. And then something like something as simple as when I published a book. Before I published a book, and met Hillary, we talked about mm -hmm. it, met her, I realized I'm too busy to write. That was my excuse. So I said, well, I'm a podcaster. I know how to talk on a microphone. So then I literally spoke the book. I yeah. downloaded otter.ai, still use it to this day. And then over the years, it became a core part of my podcasting platform because I just upload the video files and these audio files into Otter. It transcribes them. I spit it out for show notes. Uh, just to speed up my show noting process for my VA. But then I use the SRT file, which is what YouTube would prefer. So mm -hmm. if you have a perfect matchup with an SRT, that gives you that better ranking for the videos. All these things, right, that we learn. Now it's becoming expected. Like, oh, you don't have captions on your video? You need to get an SRT file. <laughs> We're talking But you know, so. it's interesting though. I mean, there's a lot of problems in the world today, but there is no better time to be alive, right? Think about it. We can create in the way that's easiest for us, mm -hmm. right? For me, it's the same way, right? I can talk, but uh, you know, writing a blog—that's a homework assignment. Yeah, but we can, we can, we can talk, and then we can repurpose it either with technology or other people helping us, and make blogs out of it, make videos out of it. You know, I always say, if I talk for forty-five minutes my team can find like two minutes of genius in there oh, God, and make yeah. a great reel out of it. That's why I, I, I fell in love with that Otter app because I now pay, I, years I've been paying for whatever the better package is because, and I, I don't even max it out, but to your point, I could be using it more when I'm doing voice notation, stuff like that. Now, granted, so much of that stuff now comes pretty much stock on smartphones and everything else. Mm -hmm. But to your point, people hearing this could be like, wait a minute. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I could be taking virtual notes and you don't realize that could become an article that could become a blog that could lead to a book that could lead to an ebook that leads to a book that could lead to launching your own podcast or whatever we're going to call it, <laughs> you know, your show. Um, 
I mean, I remember back when I launched my show, it was just because I couldn't stand half the shows I was finding. And I love talking to people. Like I told the wife tonight, I was like, hey, Kristen, I was like, I'm going to, I'm really looking forward to hanging with Tom tonight. I was like, I've had a stressful week. And it's great just reconnecting with people. And because you take your business seriously. And she's like, oh, is he a fellow podcaster? I'm like, no. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> really? I was like, that was the first thing I realized about him years ago is that he doesn't need the podcast. He helps all the other podcasters. So, and he knows a crap load about this profession slash hobby uh, because I care not to bring on, I've actually had this year, this is probably the busiest year where I've had a ton of companies. You'll, you'll appreciate this. All of a sudden reaching out to me for sponsorships. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. And even my wife, she goes, why aren't you taking on sponsors? You're a sales and marketing professional. I'm like, because I've never done it. The show to me is fun. I get as much value out of it as I hope my audience does. So why muddy the process? I make enough money with everything else I do. Nah, keep the show clean. And, and you can give shout outs to whoever you want. Boom. There's another, there's another big podcaster I know that was uh, uh, sponsored by Oracle. Was it uh, NetSuite by Oracle? And when the contract came up, he's like, you know what? I really don't need the money anymore. Yeah. Right. I would just rather give shout outs yeah. to all my friends and companies that I like. And that's how he does it right now. And I think that's so freeing because, you know, again, people like you, what if you bring me somebody and then all of a sudden I decide to agree to a sponsorship because I enjoyed that relationship or finding out about their company or whatever they're doing so much. But then all of a sudden, maybe three to six months from now, your team gives me somebody else. And then all of a sudden, it's a direct conflict. And I was like, oh, man, I can't bring him on the show. This is what made me think about these things because my brain's always cranking. And I'm like, no, I never want to. I want the freedom to turn anybody I want down, which I do because there's some agencies sending me some. I'm like, guys, you didn't actually listen to my show. And you didn't even pay attention to the tagline. And like, they're just sending me like pure, pure business-only stuff. And I was like, no. I talk about health, business, and lifestyle. So if you didn't even at least take time to work that into the bio or at least try and connect on all three of those in some form of fashion. It doesn't have to be 100%. I'm not seeing the alignment, so I pass. I was like, no, thanks. I'm good. Now, I, I, I shared that with Karen back when I started really ramping the show back up again after the break from the book, and your team jumped all over it. And it was like, yeah, yeah. see, this is why Interview by LA is awesome. <laughs> well, I, I should say that I get probably two or three pitches a day to be on my podcast, yeah. And I don't have, I don't have a podcast, yeah. right? But everybody loves it. They want to be a guest yeah. and you could just tell I'm on a list and it's just robo. And it's it like, really, it's like, yeah, it's not, no, <laughs> it's not helping the guest. It's not helping the host. And really it probably makes the, the guest they're pitching look unprofessional. So, you know, cause podcasters, no podcasters. Exactly. They, I've spoken at conferences. Like I'm not a huge speaker, but yeah, I've spoken about these types of things. Like you can't be. Like I love, I have three words tattooed on my ribs after firefighting. It was, it was words that we were in our firefighting handbook. It was duty, respect, and integrity. So obviously you could just tie those easily together and say you should basically respect someone's, you should respect other people enough to have and take that as a duty to yourself, right? And then you can, you can mm -hmm. flip those three words around in any form and fashion, but I put that into everything I do. My charity that I founded with the book, the, the marketing company, the podcast, I take that stuff seriously. So it's, I was like, guys, and I put it out there everywhere. So it's not like, it's like, if you have not aligned with my brand, I really don't make it that hard. <laughs> so, well, and yeah, I, I look science. at this, I look at this as earned media, right? Yeah. 
you have to earn your way to be on there. And that means listening to the show, connecting, uh, you know, there's, there's some podcasts now that are pay to play mm -hmm. and I'm fine with that. Right. It's, um, it, I'm and probably I'm some a of your clients are okay paying up. I don't know. I mean, well, know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a capitalist yeah. as long as everybody declares, Hey, this is a paid advertisement right? Because people should know, is this a advertisement or an interview? And then the other thing with that too, is I think um, there's some podcasts that do that. And you can see if you got an 18 year old life and business coach that can pay the money, they're on there, right? Yeah. And um, is that really the shows you want to be on? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I'm a capitalist too. The beauty of this country is you could start with nothing and through just the entrepreneurial spirit alone, build something and maybe for years it's just a side hustle and when you finally pop and you you nail it you've got something successful you can live on the rest of your life right um so i, I never count that out for podcasting too i'm like who knows maybe after all these episodes and all these years something trips somebody's trigger and they want to buy the show or i need to go help somebody else launch a big show there's people that have been on the show like you just hinted at the 18 year old stuff like that now all of a sudden only a year or two later, they're coaching and launching their own online training on how to launch your own podcast. And I was like, I broke you. Like, I was one <laughs> of your first podcasts. You told me that. Now, all of a sudden, you're teaching people how to podcast. I was like, I mean, good on you. I, I, maybe maybe I should have done that. Um, well, Scott, here, <laughs> here, here's a good one. The other day, I saw an agency claim to have 25 plus years of experience in the podcast dude, space. I comment on that post. I commented on your post because I laughed my butt off. So please continue. <laughs> yeah, you know, they they were so proud to say they had 25 plus years and I, I just couldn't take it. And I, I had to respond to them privately and point out that podcasting started 19 years ago, mm -hmm. right? You mm -hmm. don't, you don't have 25 plus years of experience, right? I, and I, I laughed think, at that. I loved it. I loved it. I, I think it's like, let's be honest with what we are, right? If you've got two years of experience, own it, right? Now you he, know uh, things. Now, but, I, I didn't but ask just deeper. be honest. I didn't ask deeper, but there is another angle. Um, ad agencies and other types of companies use that. Was, was there more than one host on the show because they could play the ad game where, oh, well, I he's got five years and then he's got 15 years and then she's got another five years, right? So then you can add that up and say you got 25 years of experience, right? Because companies so, do that. So that means that Karen and I have been married for 30 years, okay. right? She's got 15. I've got 15 together. We're at 30, okay. right? And it's like, if you say combined, yeah. that's fine. Ah, you're going to, you're going to tell me that, you know, Lockheed Martin has over, you know, a million years of experience mm -hmm. in aviation. Yeah. Well, if you add everybody's together, yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe not a million, but if you start saying 10,000, it's like, no, mm, yeah. right. Yeah. It's like, we haven't I been flying the that long. There is so, be honest and transparent yeah. and say combined if that, if that, if that was the angle, for example, but you're right. right. No, they were just tossing out. Here's the thing. They know they're going to catch a certain percentage of the audience that doesn't even know when podcasting was founded. No one's going to half the, half the people aren't even going to Google that or research that, you know, they're like, yeah, okay. It sounds like a very experienced company. I should probably work with them. Yeah. But you've over experienced yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once again, anybody that knows what the pod and podcast, it's like, yeah, the iPod. Oh yeah, iPhone hasn't exist. been around that long. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they were just getting off the ground. the The viral top selling devices 
were still iPods. Or really, yeah. I mean, they were still shrinking them down to this big, too. I'm using people in the podcast world can't see what I'm doing. Like, basically, I think I had one clipped on your belt. It got down to, like, an inch and a half by inch and a half. They got some pretty small, tiny iPods with, you know, high-end memory. Uh, I probably have it laying somewhere. I don't even know. I I was still on my BlackBerry, you know? Yeah. Oh, I I had the CrackBerry. Yeah. Because I was an analyst with T-Mobile. And I was... I had every smart device back then, tablet, because I was researching all that stuff, uh, and I had to have every single piece of tech on my desk. It was I was a geek, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed the Crackberries. Uh, yeah, and, I, and and for the reference, for I'm calling it a Crackberry because back then it was addicting. Um, you literally lost, which I think we fast forward and made it worse with smartphones as I'm saying this, but yeah, you were always answering emails. You were always available because all of a sudden they're right there in your hand on your Crackberry and you take your thumb and you spin it back and forth and you're waiting for your thumb to fall off because you're overusing your thumb. And yeah, I, <laughs> I loved my Crackberry for a long time. Making the switch to the iPhone was a big move for me. So I don't know what year it was cause I've already forgotten that, <laughs> but <laughs> You probably have a Crackberry laying around somewhere, don't you? Probably someplace. Yeah. I think we should, I, just, I, I, we should just make a, a podcasting museum or pre, pre-podcast pre museum. I don't know. It's cool to see how much tech has changed. I think it's fun. I, I've i gone through a few microphones and uh, always want to get sound better. It's like, like you talk. You want the good quality, right? Because Yeah, I think you have the same be... one I have, don't you? Do you have Heil PR40? Yeah, Heil. Yep. Dude, I founded my show with this. This is still the same Heil PR40. I went in hard. My buddies were like, you're launching with a Heil PR40? I'm like, I mean, yeah, it was kind of pricey. And they're like, yeah, dude. Like the average person gets like the Audio-Technica uh, 2100. And yep. I went all in with, with the Zoom H5, this Heil, which technically it didn't work well for the handheld mic because it's not designed to be a handheld mic. You're supposed mm-hmm. to have the boom arm because I was doing everything in person back then. And I just wanted the best sound quality because I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm, I got to do it with the right audio because it's podcasting. Again, this is pre-video. And then this thing is still rocking. So, yeah. And that's one of the things like I teach our clients and we give them all a, uh, a professional microphone, a dynamic microphone, just a USB one. Real quick, um, real quick. Why is that got to be dynamic? I always have to explain it, but I'll let you do it. Oh, yeah. you, you said before, um, hiding it in a closet, mm-hmm. right? So a dynamic microphone just picks up what's around right the microphone, yep. right? A condenser picks up everything. That's why you got to go in the closet. I have uh, never so supported a, what's the blue, blue, whatever. I hate, oh, I hate it. Blue, Ye- blue Yeti. Dude, there's agencies recommending that. You know, that, the, I was the, like, both, no, you don't do blue that. And Yeti, blue and Yeti are both four letter words. So, you know, figure <laughs> that one out. But yeah, um, we give them that you know a dynamic microphone that's just plug and play yeah. because you need to sound as good as the host. Mm-hmm. And we worked with a client years which ago. You, which one are you giving them, by the way? Is, um, the, is it the Shure SM58 or is it the Audio Technica? Uh, we do the Audio Technica 2005, the black one. Yep. Um, the that's USB 2000. Ready. It's USB ready, and the black ones are typically professional quality. Mm-hmm. The old 2001s, the switches would always break, right? And we're yeah. going through, you know, uh, dozens and dozens of microphones. So we see a lot on that. So is that um, in your package? Like, so you've worked that. This is fun. I'm sorry. I'm geeking out for a second. Yeah. I've never, I never actually asked you this stuff. So 
obviously whatever that price is to work with you guys, is that already worked in? They get to keep that? Or is it a, because I know some places have like sent people mics, say, hey, you'll get to borrow this, just ship it back, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, nah, if you're setting up a client for success, even if they're not your client down the road, they'll always remember that, right? Like, hey, man, they set me on the path the right way. I don't have to go find this stuff. Because in my onboarding form, I still recommend the Audio Technica 2100 as a good starter microphone. Uh, mm-hmm. It's different than that model, but I'm like, because I like it because it gives you the XLR and the USB option, and there is right. an on-off switch on it. So correct. But you said that usually breaks. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but we give up that right because yeah. we want them to be successful. It's not just about hey, get me on a random interview. It's about getting results from every appearance, and to do that you better sound as good as the host. Mm -hmm. So we're not only giving that to them, then we're doing a walkthrough interview. Because then they actually get to go through and see how much better they sound. That and also, you know, to understand how to use that microphone. Don't tap on the the desk, right? Because it's going to go through. Or don't do this. I had to do it. Just well, do, like people run that. their faces into the microphone and stuff. And I was like, no, stop that. Like <laughs> that's, that's the ultimate mic check at the beginning. Hey, can you hear this? Yeah. And yeah. if they can, you know, you're on the right one. So yeah, we're helping them with that. And then even, you know, what do you talk about at the podcast? Right. The, there's two questions that every podcast is basically going to ask you right at the beginning. Oh, so Scott, tell us about yourself, yeah. right? That is not the question they're asking. It's who are you? Why are you here? Mm-hmm. What value will bring? And then at the end, when they say, you know, uh, you know, how can people get in touch with you? Most people are just stumbling over that. Mm-hmm. And so we give them the best practices on what we have learned over nine years. That's why I've tried, has it been nine? Wow, I'm right behind you then. Uh, and I don't, yeah. I don't do what you do. So I, I told you this a while ago, you're, I don't expect you to remember it. Guess who my first launch uh, uh, podcasting coach was? Cliff Ravenscraft. Nope. But I'll, I'll give you a hint. He likes Porsches. He launched his own Porsche channel now, too. And he has spoken at a number of our podcasting conferences over the years. He's based out in San... Well, he was in San Diego. He moved north. And I'll give you the word in his brand. Solopreneur. Oh, Michael. Michael O'Neill. Michael O'Neill, yeah. He was my coach. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went in hard, dude. I was like, if I, I, it's like everything I do in life. I'm not going to half-ass anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, and he even said, he even said, he's like, dude, you don't have to get that microphone. I'm like, I don't care. I'm in. Like, I'm all in. Let's go. Um, yeah, he was my original coach back when I was trying to figure out my acronym, Live the Fuel, which actually uh, technically stands for Live the Fired Up Epic Life. And I was like, I, he was one of my shows that I was listening to. So yeah, there's yes, so there's so the many of those guys that are OGs, right? And He's I love episode zero zero one. He was the wow. first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I love going to the conferences to see see some of them and remember where they started, where they are, and how many people they've helped along the way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. And again, he's still rocking the mic. And now he's got, so yeah. I don't know if you knew this, he had his own side hustle. Like he blew a hole through his leg last year with a auto body, like sanding blaster. Did, I don't know if you yes. saw that. I was like, I, I, dude, what? <laughs> I, I I saw the video on that. And that was nasty. Uh, so before, you know, in a previous life, I was doing orthopedic sales. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh, that is a nasty wound. Dude, and if he would have hit the femur and possibly cut the femoral artery, he'd be dead. Game over. Yeah. Yeah. 
or with all of that blowing in there? Because it was basically oh, yeah. what uh, little beads. I don't know right? if he was doing bead blasting. I don't. I forget what he does. His his machine that he was doing, but like it strips all materials down to the bare metal of the car for restoration. There's your quick story on that. <laughs> but mm-hmm. and I know he was doing it differently than most shops and. Yeah, dude. I was like, what are you doing? That he didn't die of an infection or oh. bleed out right there yeah. is, the, is the grace of God. And uh, yeah, when when he posted that video, I watched it a couple times and then I'm like, oh, I can't watch this anymore. Dude, Although I, I watched I, it once I, and then I was like, oh, that's nasty. I'm like, you know what? I got to go back and finish it. <laughs> and I watched it again. <laughs> and I, I sent it to my son because my son does uh, power washing on the side. Yeah. And I'm always telling him, wear boots, all the rest of this. Uh, you don't want to sh- hit your foot or anything yeah. by accident. And then I sent him that. And I'm like, this is why I always tell you, be careful. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And again, admittedly, over all these years, I was surprised when he decided to start doing that. Because I was like, but why? But you could tell it's his passion. You know, yeah. he's got his own like Porsche branded like hats. It's like he created his own little spinoff thing. And it's cool. Like that's what he wanted to do. And people pay him to do it. And he's always custom building custom Porsche stuff. And he's not even an auto body guru. He just DIY'd it and figured it out. But he's still <laughs> rocking. Just to give him a proper shout out. The Solopreneur Hour podcast still goes on to this day. I mean, he's got a crap load of shows out there. Um, Michael O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I figured. I, it's like I had to connect an OG in there because... <laughs> Uh, it's it's important because I think just noting on that, not just a shout out, Michael, and align with you on this, but and not, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. This is more of like, dude, do the research, align yourself with the right people and the right organizations, right? So, like part of your updated bio, I haven't even worked it into the show yet, but now I get to now I get to transcend it. Now, why do you? I'm just gonna go ahead and short question it. What do you like, or should I actually say dislike, about funnels? Um, there's a great marketing phrase out there. You're just one funnel away. There it is. Right? There it is. That is great, great marketing. Sure. I also think it's the biggest lie out there, right? <laughs> because what works for small transactions does not work for high-ticket relationship sales, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody keeps saying, oh, you're just one funnel away, right? Tell me, Scott, the best things in your life, right? Did your wife come through a funnel? Nope. No. She did come Uh, through a friendly referral over Facebook. (laughs) Right. It came from an introduction. Word of mouth. (laughs) It came from a conversation. It came from a relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I always say it's not one funnel away. I'm all for automation. There's there's purposes for that. But I believe you're one conversation away, Mm -hmm. right? One conversation away from your, your, you know, your next great it's customer, your great, great employee, your partner, whatever it is. Let me align with you on that real quick. So a lot of people over these years still don't understand how I make a lot of my money. Years ago, I was a employee of a, of a sales rep agency uh, for the HVAC industry. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, she was married to my one of my former best friends. They had a divorce. So I apparently I won her in the divorce because now she's my client. Uh, so, <laughs> and she's best friends with my wife. Shout out to Jennifer of Sales Management Solutions. Uh, that is primarily, to this day, most of my time spent consulting because when I'm out traveling all over the Northeast and meeting with CEIOs of these big distribution and wholesale companies where the contractors shop at. That's where, that's what I'm doing all the time. Um, and the reason is why, because they like to work with human beings 
and they're not this is this is the pro trade world dude this is talking like literally last week somebody's like hey i was just gonna send you like a, a 12 pallet aka skids you know skids of material uh, yeah. order what's my discount for a full 18 wheeler truckload like they, i didn't even have to sell them on it he's like yeah just give me a full truckload that was $150,000 in one phone call. I was like, cool. And then he called me a week later and did it again. <laughs> so, like, that's the fun of sales in in the right way, the right relationship. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. there's no funnels in that world. They don't use that world. It's actually kind of old school because, but we're talking about one of the biggest industries in this country because everybody wants, quote, indoor comfort, Right, so in the winter, you want to be warm, and in the summer, you want to be cold, and then in COVID, you want to have something killing all the airborne viruses in your HVAC system. I work with all these different factories that do all these different things. It's super super fun. Years ago, I thought it was boring, and then you know you pull your head out of your butt, you grow up a little bit, and then you meet great people through the podcasting world and everything else. And I question shifting industry focuses and everything else. I'm like, you know what? Wait a minute, this is always going to be needed. Why would I leave this? Ordinary to you, amazing to others. And the thing is, is that I think we get so enamored with technology. It's like, oh, we'll just, we'll put it through a funnel. No, that, that person doesn't want to go on and try to through the funnel and the online calculator to figure Mm -hmm. out what's the difference between 18 pallets and a, um, and a semi load, right? No, he wants to call and get that answer. It's like the same way, uh, you know, you've got, you've got a medical problem. Well, you could go on and research it on, on the internet. You could go to WebMD and figure out what, what, um, what terminal illness you have. No, you go to a professional and you have that conversation there. And I think often we think what works for for a transaction, a $2 product, well, that's going to work with a a $10,000 product. And it doesn't. But wait, Tom, I mean, if I had a funnel, the $2 product gets turned into a $500 product. And then if they really go deeper into the funnel, that turns into a $5,000 product because that's the funnel. Well, (laughs) I had a client that came to me and I, I said, well, why do you want to do podcast interview marketing? Hmm. And I loved his answer. He was a high level uh, consultant. And he said, because he thinks most of digital marketing today is the equivalent of advertising above urinals. Ooh, okay. And I, I like where we're going I, here. I paused. I said, well, what do you mean by that? And he's like, if my clients, you know, see me on Facebook, right? That's that's going to hurt me, not help me, right? Mm. If they see me going by on the bus or they see me, you know, on the park bench, that doesn't make me look like a a high level consultant. I and I, the more I started to think about it, it's like, yeah, if if I'm looking for the best surgeon, I'm not I'm not hiring the one because he had a Facebook ad, right? If my if my life is on the line or my family members are, are right? If I get accused of a crime that I didn't do, you know, I'm not going to be calling Saul, uh, you know, better call Saul uh, to oh, represent me. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so I think often uh, and there's a great book out there by Bill Troy called Clicksand, how digital marketing will ruin your I've business. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, 
I think I, he was again, like five I, years too early. I balance health, business, lifestyle. So when I'm, I need a break from all the health nut stuff and all the audio books, I switch back to my business stuff, my advertising, my sales, my marketing brain. I got to exercise it. That's a good book. Very good book. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I don't think you're working with him. That high level consultant. Are you familiar with Wiley McGraw? You I don't think try, so. You should try and land him. I think he's got his own team landing him because I finally got, he and I were talking back and forth since I went to hang with Mike in person when he was the uh, Mater D, like main speaker dude running. Uh, oh God. I went out for multiple years. Cole Hatter's events. Um, okay. Yeah. Make, uh, make money matter. So the one year I went to San Diego to go hang with Mike because he was the guy helping run. He was like the main Mike guy. And that's where I met Wiley McGraw. So he and I got connected there and then kept putting off or whatever, not aligning, not aligning. And then, because he's like, dude, you can't find him. Like he's on LinkedIn, but like, like you said, he doesn't do BS advertising or like, like, like outdated real, real estate agents, <laughs> like that level of <laughs> advertising and marketing. That's right. Anybody who's in realty, don't keep doing the crap that's been done for 40, 50 years. It, it, it doesn't make you look high end at all. Uh, but Wiley, that guy, former military special forces, skydiver, like he's a high level dude. He's brought into upper echelon CEIO level stuff. Yeah. He doesn't need to per se, advertise but he's gotten heavier back into podcasting guest speaking because yeah. of exactly the angle you're talking about yeah i've even had had clients come to us and i'd say well what's your goal with this do you want to get more clients right because ultimately the goal is not to get on podcasts right, right. that's the means to the goal and most people are trying to grow their business grow the seo mm -hmm. get content to repurpose uh, there's one gentleman i'm like so you're trying to get more clients and he goes oh no i've got as many clients as i need oh interesting i'm like i'm like so why are you doing this and he says the more gravitas i have out there the more content i have out there the more authority i have out there the there's more i can charge my next client Right. And so he was just looking at it is, you know, that he wanted to raise his prices. There was someone else that he wanted to use it to double his leads. And I'm like, so you want to double your sales then? And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, if you double your leads, right. And they're good leads, it should double your sales. He goes, no, I want to be pickier mm. out of the leads. Yep. Right. So I can choose the ones that I want because then I know. Leads. Yeah. Went, I'll, yeah. I'll, I want the profitable ones that are the best clients for me. But you see, now people are going to always try and tie that back to the whole funnel thing. They're like, well, that's that's something that the funnel can do because that's going to, if you built out your funnel right, it's going to dump some people into this bucket and <sighs> that bucket. And I was like, I get it. But back to your point behaviorally, Tom, it's that upper echelon. If I'm, it's, all right, my last, well, I've, I've changed business coaches now since starting this show only three times. And the next one I hire Cost more. <laughs> so, because I'm looking to level up. Eventually, you exhaust that relationship. And, I, and this is a lesson for everybody out there. Like, if you're ever hiring a coach, uh, make sure that they have a coach, one. And two, don't be afraid to move on from that coach to a better coach. Because eventually, you could exhaust that. If you're spinning your wheels, like, it might be time to get some fresh perspective, right? Uh, or a fresh mm -hmm. consultant, if you will. Maybe it's not a coach. Yes. Right? And I agree with that. Yeah. So, yes, bring a bigger breath of uh, potential, into your sales process, but that allows you to be pickier and, and like, oh man, I wish I didn't take that person six months ago. Cause these people are just spinning their wheels. Cause that's the other thing. Like when I take on a client, 
for branding or whatever. I agree with you. I was like, I, if you make me stressed out because you're not following through on the crap that we're talking about, that pisses me off. I'm like, then why am I wasting my time? Yes, thank you for paying me, but I, I don't even want to take your money because now you're just upsetting me. I was like, well, that's a two-way street. <laughs> going back to Bill Troy's book, right? What does he say in there? Big fish don't swim through funnels mm -hmm. and whales don't click, right? The bigger the sale, the bigger the decision maker, the more it takes that human touch. And I, I remember another client came to us and the guy was good at math. I'll give him that. Mm -hmm. He says, I need... Um, I need to get another 25,000 leads from podcast interviews. That's a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, what why is that, that many? Because before he got 5,000 leads and he got one client from it. And so he figures if he wanted to get five clients, so he needed 25,000 leads. And no. I was just like, no, you've got some really, really, really lousy leads. You're wasting your what is time. The, I say, what's the ROI on that? Because dude, how much time do you have to go through that many leads? Like, no, no. Even if it's, even if it's all, all automated in a funnel, it doesn't matter because you're wasting their time. Mm -hmm. It's like, why don't you get five leads and five customers? And that's one of the things I love about podcasting, right? Somebody's listening to you, right? You're either their guy or you're not, right? If you are, great. Then they reach out to you. How can we work together? Mm -hmm. They self-select. But if you're not, you know, if you're not a good fit for them, well, let's figure that out early on. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we don't need more leads, right? Yeah. We need more. I would even say we don't need more sales, right? We don't need more customers. We should always be optimizing for profits, mm -hmm. right? And how do you do that? Have great customers, great customers that value what you do, that bring out the best. And if you can start with that, then how do you go through to find them? I I, I want to align on that on a different angle. My own wife, fellow, she's another entrepreneur, uh, mm -hmm. but she's a veterinary doctor. She's a much smarter than I am uh, in, in, in medically world, um, not business. But that being said, I, I went there. I probably just totally... Luckily, she doesn't listen to the show. I love her, but I do her sales and marketing, and they only listen to half of what I say. So I don't really take it that seriously because she's my wife. I was like, okay. But here's the problem. Thanks to the pandemic, they were already busy before the pandemic. And then everybody was stuck at home, so they're paying more attention to their horses because she's a large animal veterinary doctor. So now all of a sudden, they're busier because people are like, oh, well, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Or, oh, I think... Lucky the horse might have an eye problem. All of a sudden, they're calling for silly things. Anyway, it forced her to do something that I suggested years ago, which is lean the client list out. Because I said, what's going to happen here is you ladies, it's all, all women's practice. She's co-owner. And there's uh, they just hired another new doctor. They were the – I tried teaching this a little early on. I said, the ones that stress you out, let them go. The ones who barely pay on time, let them go. Because it's not worth your time, your stress, your mental exhaustion, and your energy, let alone the money. And here's what happens. What happened in the pandemic? They were declining. There was tons of people trying to hire them because there was a massive influx. There was practices who either decided to close or weren't capable of taking on new clients. Or their reputation grew so well that people wanted you know, all points equines in my wife's company. So I was like, congrats. But I was like, if you keep servicing those crappy clients, you can't take on the better clients, right? So there's that 
perspective too is don't be afraid to let the the low-hanging fruit go away and the problem is they're medical doctors right for animals so they're like well i don't want to act like i don't care about their animal i'm like baby i get that but business is business i'm sorry i I, i'm not trying to be cold here i was like there's other large animal vets out there maybe they have to pay have somebody come in from new jersey that's their problem they should have paid their bill on time and they should have been nicer to you as the professional it you have a business to run that's how i look at it uh, you got the perfect lead in here. I don't know if you can read that. Every year, Karen makes me that better uh, is better. plaque. And every year I have a different phrase. And this year it's better is better, okay. right? The whole world is telling us more is better, Mm-mm. right? You just need more of this, more of that. I need more clients, more leads. No, you just need better, mm-hmm. right? And even, you know, you look, let's tie in fitness here, right? More food. Well, I want more food. Well, what is the better restaurant? The all-you-can-eat buffet for $10, Mm -hmm. and most of the food there won't get you sick. Or do you go to the nicest restaurant in town? There's usually big plates, small portions, because it's better. And there's only like hopefully 10 things on the menu, not 50. Like there's no way you're crushing it across 50 different designs of dinners, right? Like, like, a, like no offense. I'm a, I was born in Jersey. I live in Pennsylvania. We love our diners out here, but I was like, dude, if that diner's got a six page menu, I'm sorry. There's no way you're killing it on everything on all six pages. Just, it's just not possible. I'm sorry. And even, even, even on the exercise, right? Uh, Karen and I met uh, training for marathons. She kept it up. Uh, I didn't, yeah. but you know, I, we got, I got something to refer to. Too. I support you. I'm like, nah, I did it. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> well, she's, I, I got through all my issues being married to me. She's still got more issues to deal with. Um, <laughs> but you know, we, we used to call them trash miles, mm-hmm. right? You just go out for more miles, right? There's no purpose for it. I'll run the speed I want mm-hmm. all the rest of that. It's not a good workout, right? More is not better, right? Decide if you're doing a long, slow distance. Are you doing hills? Are you doing repeats? Whatever. Better is better. And I think that's one of the things, especially now as we go into a recession, right? We can't can't afford to do more, more, and more. We need to do better, better, and better. You know know why I started listening to Dave Ramsey all of a sudden? Because my wife was better at me than money. And I actually, I've decided I'm going to work this into the show more because I believe truth and transparency needs to be out there. I've done a lot of crazy, cool things. I've also spent a lot of money along the way. Good and bad. Once you get married, you realize, okay, maybe there was more bad than good. <laughs> I'm the, I'm, it's, I got fire in my brand names, right? I'm a risk taker, former firefighter, skydiver, mountain bike racer. Okay, it's in who I am. My wife is very down to earth, medical brain. Dude, last January, finished wiping out $300,000 in medical debt. She's five years younger than me. I was like, that's hustle. And I should remind people, large animal vets do not get paid as good as small animal vets because there's less turnover of clients. Not all veterinary doctors make crazy six figures. Trust me. My wife's like, no, I make more money than her. Now. <laughs> that's And she does way more important things. My point here, this quick little segue is, I still have school loans. I'm like, what the hell? And even she's just like, why do you still have school loans? I'm like, I don't know. I forgot about them. But it's just, I, I had an auto pay going on and just, you know, I'm too busy doing other things. And she's like, we need to pay them off. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I know that's a big controversial thing out there. We haven't going on right now. And I'm like, dude, a debt is a debt. Wipe it out. Whether or not there's supposedly going to be some kind of glorious refund, which I 
purpose. I don't get into politics and religion, but I don't agree with it because I'm like, you know what? I signed on dotted line asking somebody, a bank or whatever, to give me a shot and help me pay for school. I need to pay that debt back. It's that simple. I shouldn't expect other people to pay for that. That's not fair. That's not fair that my dad and my younger brother never went to college and they should pay in their taxes my debts. No. I'm financially right now more successful than they are. Why would I put that strain on them? That's not fair. So I'm paying that crap off. Like that's the, This is the year of wiping that out. And then I'm doubling down, dude. I was like, you know what? We just bought this new house, you know, going up, coming up on two years in May. And I was like, why don't we just pay off everything by the time we turn 50 or I turn 50? And she's like, well, you turn 46 this year. She's like, we're talking about over $300,000. I was like, game on. Challenge accepted. Yeah. I was like, my new goal is by the time I turn 50, even though she'll only be 45, I want to have zero debts. Game on. Because then I don't, I don't have to travel if I don't want to. I don't have to take that other client on, right? Like you just said, recession rates. Like, dude, if you have less bills, who cares what's happening per se in the market? Like the market corrects every five, 10 years anyway. Look at the history of the S&P and everything else. People's like, oh, my money's not worth hardly anything. Okay, well, just stop looking at it and give it a couple of years. It's gone on that way for decades. And I'm not even a financial guru. It's like, just look at the history. Go back 50 to 70 years. Yeah. It always fixes itself. <laughs> and we're not a financial podcast, by the way. <laughs> and, and, well, you could tie everything in. And I would say with that is focus, right? If you focus on it, you can nail it. Just like with the podcast, you focused on it. You did well. And, you know. uh, And I'm simplifying things because then it's like, wait a minute. All I got to do is wake up every day, enjoy my eggs and bacon, go run my company, make my clients happy, keep rocking the mic on a podcast. And I just have, okay, I pay my internet. I pay my cell phone bill. I buy another new car, cash, no, no, no debt. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, that's well, it, Most people stress, especially here in USA, I forget what the number was. It's a strong percentage of most people's stress in this country is usually tied to money. Well, I can believe that. Yeah. You guys have been yeah, married a long it, time. That's a big stressor on relationships. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, it's like getting back to that, you know, more is not better. Better is better. Hmm. Right. Figure out what you want to focus on because um, I love the great philosopher, Ron Swanson. Remember from Parks and Recreation? Uh, right? Yes, yes. One of his great things was never never half-ass two things, full-ass one thing, right? It's the same thing, right? Like if, you done a, if you had done a, a podcast and this and that and that, right? It doesn't work. Even when people come to us and, you know, it's like, Pick a lane. If you're really good at something, get better at it. Get yeah. better at podcast. Get better at podcast interview marketing. But if you're always going looking for that next silver bullet, mm-hmm. you'll never find it. Right? There's no there's no magic silver bullet. Uh, you've got to focus on something and get good at it. That's how I got the book out. I felt guilty. I put this on the show. I felt guilty saying, "Hey guys, I'm actually going to take not a full break, but like I'm cutting way back on the podcasting." And yeah. because I can only do one thing at the same time. I mean, you could do, I'm a, a you know, multitasker, blah, blah, blah. But I said, wait a minute. I want to make sure this book is going to benefit the charity I just founded. Tells my story properly. And what if it becomes very successful? So it's like, I need to go all in on this. So I just need to back off of the shows for a little bit. I had, at that time, I had well over 300 shows, 350 shows online. I'm like, guys, there's plenty of content. Just go back. I mean, the newer listeners, I'm like, 
there's plenty of backlogs. And if you can't find them, go on livethefield.com because I've always made sure they were public. The entire history has never gone away. And it helped me focus. It's like, okay, let's double down, bang that book out, make Hillary happy. That's why I hired her. I asked her to crack the proverbial whip on me over Zoom and email. And I'm like, just stay on me and I'll get it done. And then boom, right back into the podcast, no issues. So I agree with that. I wanted to make sure the book was better. And that in turn helped me make the podcast better because it helped me refocus a few things. So sometimes it's good to take a break. Do you have a lot of podcasters you put people on shows? You've seen people take little hiatuses here and there? I, yes. And what I really like now is when people do seasons, mm. you know. Because uh, then you could bank it. You just bank them all up and then schedule them all for release. So uh, Yes. And it's it it's almost like you think of, um, oh, we were just binging Sopranos, right? Classic. There's a season to it, right? And mm-hmm. each each season can change in the theme. So you're not locked in, right? So we, this season we can talk about health. This season we talk about business. Mm-hmm. So as different things come up, you can focus on it, right? You know, it's funny you're saying that because over the past three years, and by the way, we're going over our slot. Are you okay for, for a few moments? I'm good, yeah. Okay. So I was like, you know, I've had... Here you go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm go opening myself up now. Grant, this will be probably since it's free and on a free podcast. Only take it for what it is. I literally considered while my break, I was like, do I just change the entire show? I was like, do I just break it up into three different shows: a health focused, live the fuel, a business focused, and a live the. Or, you know, I, I literally was considered breaking it into three separate shows. Then I was like, you know, I've always been a health that maybe I just go double down on the health. Dude, there was a lot of research. I, I still have some outstanding decisions to make on that because I was like, Live the Fuel is so well established. I was like, how many shows barely get past seven episodes, let alone well over 400? So I was like, I could just go until 500 just for fun and say, let's flip the switch and do something new and exciting. I don't know. What are well, your thoughts? Eight, 80% of shows die within the first 10 episodes. Oh, I'm well past that. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I guarantee you, if you do a 1,000 shows and stop somebody's gonna go why'd you quit yeah right even seinfeld ended after a while i can think of uh that Mike Kim. Me. i loved seinfeld I oh yeah yeah but more than friends there was a t- more than friends but the, but there was a time right it, it, it was it was time for for that to end it can't mm-hmm. go on forever um what's the term so, they say you know, in, that, in that world it, it was starting to jump the shark or whatever it was yeah. starting to jump the shark yeah um and okay so there's a natural thing to and also your your interests change with time. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I like with the idea of doing seasons with it. And we even talk about, you know, this with podcast guests. If you're talking about the same stuff you talked about a year ago, you are boring, right? <laughs> I agree. You that's haven't why, learned stuff. That's why it, there's very I have to go look and see how many have actually like you have returned for a guest co-host slot. I don't welcome back very many because, but I, I know that you're on the forefront of things. So I know that we'll have fresh perspectives. So I'm not worried about it. You know, I'm like, yeah, and I have Tom come back. Yeah. So I should go back and listen to that other one. It's, I'd, I'd probably be like, oh, is that what I thought back then? Right. Because we're always learning. Yeah. We're always focused on different things. Right. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you know, I was not talking about better is better right well that's something that i've really come to i was hardcore into oh. uh my ketogenic shift right because i've gone to keto con all that i'm a huge health nut but now this year in 2023 i'm actually been experimenting and doing all the blood work and seeing what a much more heavily focused into the carnivore way of life which 
but I'm not 100%. I would say it's probably, uh, if you had to put a label on it, I'm carnivore keto. So whatever. I was like, but I was like, okay, I'm a geek about that stuff. I want to see how my workouts perform. I want to see how the blood work works. I like to back it up with data. So that's something I'm doing. Now, to your point, I could be doing a whole season on that. I could just release a whole series of just what I've learned from that or just bring on guest co-hosts just on that subject. So, And you could, or even on the financial, right? You've got mm -hmm. that huge goal yeah. to drop what? 300,000 in four years, yeah. right? Or faster. To, yeah. And to the people that hear that are like, wow, that's inspiring. Let me go along with this. And um, I remember, do you know uh, Nick Pavlidis? Why do I know that name? Pavlidis is a very uh, unique name. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so, Nick, uh, so Nick wrote a book called um, Confessions of a Terrible Husband, Lessons Learned from a Lumpy Couch. That's um, why I know that because it's such a unique uh, episode title. By the way, are you, have you worked with him? Uh, yes, he was the uh, the ghostwriter or the writing partner on my book. Oh, that's what he's doing now. I would Nick love to get him a on the show because that was a good book. Because part of my backstory in my own book, I even shared it in there how my wife, before we got married, broke up with me, and then I I'll, had to win her back. And I'd be yeah, I'd be thr thrilled to uh, <laughs> introduce you. But Nick is is so smart, and he's helped me so much. Um, over my life with this. And, you know, one of the things that he talked, taught me about was there's different experts, right? But there's the expert. That's the, the PhD, the, um, mm -hmm. the, the person that, um, you know, has all the, the, the education behind it. They don't do well on podcasts, right? Yeah. They're all, because books, they're all book smarts, no real world application. Exactly. Yeah. And then you've got the one that's probably more the, the seasoned veteran, right? The Sherpa that's been up the mountain hundreds of times, right? They're interesting. They've got great stories, but sometimes it's like, yeah, they got too much gray hair. They don't know what I'm going through right now. Then you've got the expert that's just a step ahead of me, right? The, the person that's in second grade can learn more from somebody that's in fourth grade mm -hmm. than they probably can somebody that's got a PhD. Yes. Right. So what you're doing there is maybe you're the one that's, you know, few steps ahead of them and you bring on some of the experts, you bring on some of the Sherpas. Which I've done and, for years. That's what that. I love about this show. Yeah. I always bring on somebody smarter than me <laughs> <laughs> because that's the point. I'm winning along with the audience. I have no problem telling people like I'm selfish. I'm doing this for me too. Like I'm looking yeah. forward. I only bring on people that I'm hopefully going to get something out of the conversation. Every, every so often, because it's been many years now, I've brought a couple of people on where I'm like, eh, maybe I wouldn't have brought that person on. But if we already went through the trouble of recording the show and everything else, I'm not going to back out of that. I'm going to own that. I'm like, I'm sorry. The show's going out. I've never not aired a show. Even if they turn out to be a little Looney Tooney, I'm like, well, some of the people might want to appreciate the Looney Tooney. I don't know. <laughs> um, no one's ever reached out to me directly and saying, why did you air that person? I'm like, well, because I keep it real. I thought it was going to go well. Wasn't really impressed. Lesson learned. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that idea of the seasonal thing. See, now you're, now you're cranking some gears in my head, my friend. I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Again, and, you know, like, well, you've seen, you've got my one sheet in front of you, mm -hmm. right? With all of our clients, we're updating those. I've always given and, you and, mad props on that because the average agency didn't do that. Now everybody's trying to do that. And I think you guys still lead the charge on that. I think I'd have to go back and look, but I literally, the last few I saw from your team, I'm like, dude, they're still crushing the one sheet. I was jealous. Uh, I, remember you, I remember this now. On you, When you came on the show, I was like, dude, can I hire you guys just to make me a one sheet? <laughs> like, 
I'm a marketing guy. And I was like, I don't care. I was like, I'm not that good. I want somebody to make me a one sheet. <laughs> but you know, it's, it, you got to be smart enough to know right answer when told, right? Yeah. That's what they used to say in the Navy. And so that has come from nine years of experience yeah. working with over 1500 clients and podcasters like you giving us the feedback, yeah. right? Sometimes I see a one sheet and it's like, white type on a black background and there's oh. all kinds of pictures and stuff like that. It looks beautiful on a screen, but then you print it out for just before the interview and it comes out of the printer wet and you can't read the type. And so that's why, you know, ours people will say, well, it's not pretty. It's functional, right? That's what podcasters have told us, yeah. right? I'm going to screen Show- share for YouTube because- Oh, yeah. Uh, again, it's sharp. It's cl- obviously it's yours, but still, I mean, you, this is exactly the template that you guys use for everybody else and, mm-hmm. you know, making sure the embedded hyperlinks work. Um, uh, but also really, it's not just cookie cutter crap. Like I feel like the stuff truly would align with the right people who need to see it. And I think, and you got, and you keep it to one sheet too, by the way, somebody tried sending me a two sheet. I don't know if it's called a two sheet, but I was like, all right, dude. Everybody else is doing one sheet. You can't chunk it down to one sheet. Come on. So yeah, the other thing that we've really been um, focused on is collaborative promotion. Yep. And that's something that last year we started. And if you work with interview valet, you know, we want you to get the most out of the interview. I that remember when I gotta- started getting the follow-up emails, They're like, don't forget to let us know. Cause I always send them out anyway, but I'm like, Hey, mm-hmm. here's all the graphics we put together. Here's the link. The show's going live tomorrow or whatever. Yada, yada, yada. And then you guys get to do whatever you do for your clients. So, um, yeah. if, if you want to get the most out of it, promote the interview. Yeah. Cause the average, by the way, cause they need you because the average guest co-host never gets on my show, never promotes. I'm dry. It drives me crazy. I'm like, dude, my team went through the trouble of making episode graphics, making sure it's on YouTube, making sure it's on everywhere, Spotify, everywhere else. I was like, why would you not share your guest appearance? That's your brand growth. You know, I don't, I don't get it, but some people just don't understand marketing. I'm like, I'm literally handing you content, but okay. I, I guarantee you if they're working with you, You'll be drilling that into them. It's like, yes, you will be sharing this and you need to put it on your website and you need to be sharing it on your social media and and your email lists, et cetera, et cetera. I, I wouldn't tell them that. I would ask them the question, what are you optimizing for? Hmm. Right. And okay. s- people will come and say, you know, I, I want to do a hundred interviews this month. Well, why? Right. Is that what you're optimizing for? Because if, if it's just a hundred interviews- you can get those really quick. You don't need my yeah. help with that. Well, yeah. Qual- no, I, quality I want, over quantity. Better is better. <laughs> yeah. No, I want I want customers. Oh, okay. Well, do you think getting a hundred will do that? Or would getting four of the right podcasts and promoting it target audience. and repurposing it and mm-hmm. all the rest of that, right? If you just want, you know, massive exposure, it's Go commit a crime. You'll, yeah. Your picture will be in every post office in the United States, yep. right? Um, I don't think that's going to help you grow your business, no. right? Um, better is better. Yeah. Well, that's why you're called the chief evangelist officer. I love when people change up CEOs into different things. Like I myself, my CEO actually stands for chief intrepid officer, but I capitalize the E in intrepid. Ah. So it's not even the first letter. So, But that's fun in marketing. Yeah. Not everybody gets that like i'm not a chief executive officer i mean what am well, i my, executive over myself <laughs> my mine's not even a, a a marketing thing 
I, you know, everybody that's like self-employed is the CEO. Mm-hmm. And I've got, I've got a friend that was uh, the CEO of a publicly traded fortune 500 company for me to say, I've got the same title as him. It's like, no CEO of that company is a whole lot different than what I'm doing. And I look at it as, no, I'm not a CEO. I'm not dealing with investors and the markets and all the rest of this. My job and where I bring most value is evangelizing. And that's what I love doing. Evangelizing for the podcast interview marketing market, that category. Evangelizing for our clients, evangelizing for our team. Um, That's what I get paid to do. Well, I can't even take credit for that spin. A buddy of mine just randomly over the years, early on in the show, when I really started pushing for independence and entrepreneurial pursuits and everything else. And so he was the guy that I watched him go run the Marine Corps Marathon down in Washington, D.C. back in 07. And I'm like, I'm not a sideline guy. And he was running in memory of his roommate from college who had still in question passed away in Philadelphia at a hospital due to a mistake with his brain. I don't know if there was a lawsuit or whatever, but I was like, dude, that's messed up. And I sat there and I'm, I'm jumping on the, the subways and, and trying to get to the next leg of the, of the marathon. And I was like, I'm doing this next year. I had never even run a 5k at that point, but I was like, bro, that was inspiring. I love your message. And they were doing it to raise money for awareness for other things. And for his family, I'm like, dude, are you coming back next year? Cause I'm going to train with you. Anyway, that guy years later goes, dude, you should change your job title to CEO and emphasize or CIO and use intrepid. He's like, you are intrepid. And I had to look it up. And like a common simplicity of that definition is resolute, resolute fearlessness. And then it actually other characterizations also stand for, it's not just resolute fearlessness, but it's also known to be fortitude and endurance. And the reason why he did that is because he bought me a pen knife and had, um, my name engraved on it and gave it to me before I left to go fight wildfires out West. And he says, I hope you make it back. This knife is for that. So you can think of us while you're out West doing your crazy bull crap. And when I came back, that's why he sent me the intrepid thing. And I was like, wow, cool, full circle on just a friend being a friend, but then also inspiring me to do something fun with my branding. And I was like, so are you saying that I'm fearless? He goes, well, he's like, you're a little crazy, <laughs> but, uh, but he's like, yeah, you could use that. And I was like, I appreciate that. Thank you. And it, it did inspire me to think differently and, and have yeah. fun with branding and, and terminology and everything else. And yeah, a lot of people who know me are like, yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah. You're like, you're an endurance guy. I'm like, okay, cool. So that was my fun spin on it. So you got the evangelism. I'm the intrepid guy. You know, there you go. So uh, does Karen see you that way, by the way? I mean, you, she do, does. you do live together, work together, but I mean, you know, just forgot to ask that off the record. She, she is my biggest fan. Yeah, and I always say life is. You guys are there was couple. life bef- before Karen and after Karen. I refer to her as my catalyst. You remember chemistry, oh, yeah. right? Where you could have all the elements together, but you had to add the catalyst to get the reaction to happen. Mm. That's what she is in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't say she completes me, right? Because, but no, she's she's the catalyst. When she came into my life, uh, great things started to happen. I love that because also just triggered in my head, like when I had to win Kristen back uh, and start a whole new relationship after almost one year anniversary of dating. And she was like, yeah, you're a hot mess. Um, she, 
part of my self-work for myself. And I went from being obsessed with personal and professional development for my growth to going in all in on understanding romance and unlocking my heart and all this crap because I couldn't figure out why I was broken from that. And because I was already in my 30s going on 40, I'm like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> anyway, it's, <laughs> it's in the book. But I said, oh, I just need to open things up, work through things differently. And then I realized I also don't agree with the whole complete me thing. I've always been a guy completely happy where I was. I had everything else going for me. My only issue was I was willing, I was not willing to take risks of the heart. And so I looked at it as a growth opportunity, not a completion. It was like, so I look at her and I don't eat cake, but I was like, she's the icing on the cake. It was like, okay, my cake's good. I don't need the icing, but hey, why not? Right? Like, let's toss that on. That's a bonus round. But obviously through my own work, it became a massive next level growth that I'm still learning from and growing from. And that was the yeah. game changer. It was like, oh, that's what love is supposed to be about. <laughs> so. And I, I love that. It's like this whole idea of self-help. No, none of us are broken, huh. right? You just got to understand yourself more. And we we need to be evolving to get to a better level, a better level, right? Four years from now, um, when we talk on the next podcast, yeah. right? We're going to have different views on things. We're going to be different people. And I know we're both going to be I know, like, I'm going to be better. Like, no, I'm going to own my house outright. Uh, I mean, hell, maybe I'll just get bored because I have no bills and I'm just going to go fly out and we'll do one live and in person or something. <laughs> I don't know. You know, because who cares? If there's no bills to pay, whatever. Like, like, right. <laughs> uh, I love, I mean, I, I again, we got to bring the show to a close, but it's like, there's another piece I use in the show over the years. Actually, ever after I met you, uh, I forget what coach brought it up to me, and I created this trifecta, and I call it the freedom trifecta. And I think part of it might have been through Michael and other people I connect with over the years, but then I summed it all up, and I said, you know, what? how do you define freedom? Well, is do you want time freedom? Do you want financial freedom? You know, so I realized that through my psychology background that most human beings, my research and what I studied in school was, oh, the human brain likes to memorize things in groups of three. So I always mm -hmm. tell people, find your own freedom trifecta. I mean, in the beginning for me, I had a, I had troubles finding that third one. I was like, okay, well, it's got to be definitely financial freedom because I used to have bad spending problems when I was younger. And then I was like, well, I'd love to have financial freedom. I'd love to have, you know, location freedom. So I was like, because then I could live anywhere. Well, that's the other thing. If you have no bills and you own everything – you could pick up and next to the modern world of technology, I could run my business and what I do from anywhere. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well I want time freedom, financial freedom and location freedom. That's my freedom trifecta. And for most people I found they actually usually agree and align with that. It could be that simple, but add your own thing in. I mean, but just something to think about, just something fun. Yeah. You know, why not? How do you define freedom? <laughs> and I would, I'll have to think on that, what my three are, yeah. but the one I keep asking is, well, why can't I have that now? Well, that's, right? that, again, why is, I mean, I, to be fair, that I did not state tomorrow, a year from now, five years from now. And also, if you're smart with your money, you don't necessarily have to have the whole home paid off. Like financial freedom was not around that, having zero debt. It's having the financial alignments where you're not spending like a moron. You're not sitting on tons of debt. 
and you've got your life dialed in. Like, is your income at the right level, right? Let's go full circle back to your earlier points in the show, right? Like, am I taking on clients I don't need? Am I going on podcasts I don't need to go on? All these things. So if you got your money dialed, you don't have to pay the house off tomorrow if you don't want to, but it's like, okay, at least I have that in your goals. But financial freedom is, hey, I have no debt. I have like my savings there. I've got investments. I got everything rolling the right direction. Maybe that's financial freedom for most people. I don't know. Uh, or even even time freedom, right? I was just, today, We every Thursday, we have an all-hands meeting with our team. Nice. So there's 30 people in Europe and North America oh, on the 30 team. 30 now? Nice. 30, yeah. Nice. And so one of the things that we were talking about and I mentioned is we don't work nine to five jobs, right? You work when, when you need to. So, um, you know, if all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's nice on a Friday and you want to take the day off mm -hmm. and everything's caught up and your clients are okay, or somebody's covered for you. Yep. Well, just take Friday off. Right. Um, I remember Karen and I, one time Saturday was like a cold, nasty day and Sunday and Monday were supposed to be great. And Karen said, Hey, can we do the weekend on Sunday and Monday? this week? Yeah. I'm like, sure. Why not? Nobody, you know, for most of us, we've got that time freedom. Um, and we could use that if we wanted to, and maybe it's not, not complete, but we probably have more of it than, than we give ourselves credit for. I've, I've learned that over the years too. It's like, now, Graham, when I was firefighting, I, I didn't have a choice. I was locked in for six months out of the year. I, yeah. I didn't have a life, but the rest of the year, I was like, oh, I could do whatever the heck I want, whenever I want until the next fire season. So if I want to get a side job, great. Or I want to just be a vagabond, drive around the country and climb rock walls and go skiing and, and you know, whatever. Like, let's let's have some fun. Uh, fast forward to today. It's like, yeah, when I was in the call center world years ago to now, I had the whole career job before firefighting. And yeah, you, you're, you're supposed to work that 40-hour week or whatever. And I'm watching managers who are salaried like I was killing themselves, 60, 70-hour weeks. And I was like, you don't think there's a way to work smarter as well as harder? And all of a sudden, like I'm leaving a lot earlier than they were, you know, managing 30 person teams, 40 person teams. And I just got smarter with how I was doing things. The work got done. The people, I had some of the top performing employees in the company and they were like, I don't understand how you're leaving. I'm like, cause I made a choice to figure out how to lead my people better, get them to do what we were all working towards together. And I can leave because everybody's yeah. kicking, kicking ass and taking names. So I was like, why am I here? I'm going to go have, and then, well, back then I was a workaholic. So then I just went and I was a bartender in the evenings and then a bouncer on the weekends at a club because that's what I was doing back then. I, I had three jobs, <laughs> even though I had a corporate job making 60,000 a year at the time in my twenties. I was like, well, you know, I, I wasn't dating and it wasn't as crazy in my adrenaline junkie life. So I just worked a lot. <laughs> uh, and, and that's one of those things where I keep going back to, and somebody asked me this years ago, what are you optimizing for? Right? So if you're on a salary job, you're optimizing for results, yeah. right? You don't get paid extra to work that extra 30 hours. You get, you get your bragging rights too. I just put in 60 hours last week. I'm like, and you didn't get paid anymore. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I, I'm not optimizing for bragging rights, right? <laughs> I'm optimizing for life. Exactly. It's like, I want a life to do other things for whatever I want to do. So again, time freedom, right? Creating your own schedule. I think we all have that in our goals at some point. But uh, Tom, it's been a blast catching up tonight. I uh, this to like I said, I was totally looking forward to the show. I knew we'd have some fun. And uh, that I, I was doing this four years ago. I did change what I said 
But I always ask my guest co-hosts to bring this show to a close. But back then, it was a different format, I guess, if you wanted to. But nowadays, because I've matured together with people the likes of you, and I've realized after writing the book and starting the charity and realizing that money isn't everything, I realized a legacy message is important. And I said, well, besides, I used to say, hey, what's some final words you want to leave behind on the show? Well, since because you were there back then when I said that, now I'm saying, well, wait a minute, hold on. What is a legacy message you want to leave behind from what you've learned up until today or what you've already learned that you want to pass on till tomorrow? What would you like to share with the audience to help bring the show to a close? Man, I wish I would have gone back and listened to what I said last time. I'm I know, to. right? I'd have to go the, look. The, the, the thing that's on my heart right now is we all know something that is ordinary to us and is amazing to other people, right? Through our lives, through our experiences, through our mistakes, We've learned things and we are, we are blessed to be a blessing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I believe that we've got a responsibility to share that with other people. Um, what they do with it is up to them. But, uh, you know, I used to be able to say, well, uh, if I got up to the pearly gates and, and uh, they say, you were taught all these things. Well, how come you didn't teach somebody else that? Mm. I could say, well, you don't understand. I live in Southwest Michigan. There's nobody around me to teach it to. And that's not true, right? That's um, not true. With now with technology as a podcast host, as a podcast guest, writing blogs, writing books, whatever it is, what's ordinary to you is amazing to others. We're blessed to be a blessing. Um, in your own way, I would encourage you to share what you have learned with other people um, because it will help them and it will help remind you of what you've learned along the way. Well said. Yeah, I like that a lot. That is definitely more legacy. And by the way, you can go back on your episode on com, and I have a section called The Final Words, and your final words are there. So I just brought it up. So <laughs> well said, but we are going to bring the show to a close. Hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Schwab, he returns strong. Uh, I'm definitely happy. I mean, it's been four years. I can't believe it. He put the math on it. 245 episode influencer growth and podcasting with interview valet so if any of you out there know people trying to grow their brand and understand what we talked about today and understand the importance of proper digital content whether you're a quote influencer or not give his team a call check them out they might fit you today maybe they fit you tomorrow but I can tell you, they're professionals and they do it right. So I am giving them the unpaid advertisements that I love to do because I believe in the brand and I appreciate the people they bring to my show. So ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Remember, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. Tom helped us do that today. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, you too can live the fuel. And we'll talk to you guys again soon.